Hello, welcome to Walk the Walk, and I'm Tina Perry, and I'm glad you're here. So I'm going to talk about something from the Bible that I know is a pretty touchy, well, one of the pretty touchy topics, and that is to be obedient to your husband. Now, this is not a popular thing. I get it. And I can hear you all now saying, no way, I'm not going to be listening to my man telling me what to do and what not to do. But I think we're really missing the point here. I don't think it's necessarily about us as women being obedient to our husbands, but more of to have a husband who is obedient to God. If, in fact, your husband is being obedient to what the Lord says, you'll want to follow what it is that your husband wants for your family. And this is not about the dictatorship, the husband coming in and, and slamming his fist on the table and saying, this is how it's going to be done. We're going to do it my way or the highway. Absolutely not. That's not how a family who has God as the head of the house or head of the husband, and the husband's the head of the household, that we work together. If your husband goes to God, how can you fail? If he goes to God and listens to what God is telling him to do for the family, there can be no fail. But I know that in today's world, it's not popular to talk about having your husband to be the head of the household. I, we have equal rights. I am the woman, he is the man, and I will make decisions and he won't. Or he and I will make decisions, but we'll do it my way. Well, and that happens, and I'm not even going to lie. I do the same, I do it too. Like, no, I think I know better in this situation. And there are times where my husband does not counsel or meet with God to figure out what we need to do. And boy, that can really, that can be disastrous. And I can tell you that from experience, where both Jeff and I have decided, this feels right. We're going to do this because this feels right. And sometimes that feel right is so wrong. And we have looked back at decisions that we made, major decisions that we made, and said, we didn't really seek God in that. We really felt, well, that felt good. Let's do it. But in fact, if your husband is seeking God, and sometimes seeking God doesn't mean you sit down and pray, okay, Lord, should we buy this car, the next car that drives by, that's a green car like the car I'm going to buy? That's your sign. Well, that's not how it works. Seeking God takes time. Seeking God means my husband and I together, we pray about it, and we ask the Lord to guide us. Not only to guide us, but for us to listen to what it is that he wants for us. Oh, there are times when we really want something pretty badly, and we just do it. Yep, I'm guilty. Been there, done that, and probably will do it again. But I want to give you a great example of following Christ. We were looking at a house that we weren't going to buy any more homes. That was very clear. I retired. Jeff retired. We were renting a, a house, 
And we had decided we were not buying any more homes. We're going to rent for the rest of our lives. Well, house came up available in Tennessee. And I said, you know, we'll go look at it. It was the beginning of COVID. And it was, you know, we'll look at it if we go, when we go back to Tennessee. Because we were going back and forth from Tennessee to camp. Because we have a campsite there at a permanent lake, a permanent campsite at the lake. And we love Tennessee, the most beautiful place on earth. So I get this message from my daughter saying, hey, mom, there's this house that's available. Um, you and dad, you know, should take a look at it. And I said, no, we're not buying any houses. We have a home we're renting and we're camping. Well, then it piqued my interest. So I took a look at it and I was like, oh, that's not so bad. That's kind of an interesting home. So I contacted the realtor and I said, next time we're in town, we'd like to come and look at it if it's still available. Because probably I knew it wasn't going to be homes go off the market like nothing. So it was probably about a month later that we went to Tennessee and sure enough, the house was still available, which was a shock. The price was uh, underpriced, I believe. So we went and looked at it, and um, yeah, the house needed work. It had been abandoned. It was in a, it's in a very nice neighborhood. Um, maybe the turd in the punch bowl. I don't know, but this view, this view from this house is worth $1 million, in my opinion. When I walked into the house, the whole back of the house is all windows and doors. And I saw that view, and I saw the mountains, and I saw the lake, and I fell in love. But I remember saying to myself, no more homes. So Jeff and the realtor took a look at the house and they were talking about all the things that were wrong with it. And I just went out on the balcony and looked at the view. And I said, God is out there. This view, God is out there. So we left. And I could not shake this home. Jeff and I talked about it. And he was like, we're not buying it. Just get it out of your system. And I did. Well, I tried. And I finally said to him, I can't get it out of my system. Help me get this home out of my system. Well, somehow we came to the agreement that we would go look at the house again. And we did. We came and looked at the house. I fell deeper in love. And at this point, I was like, God, help me. So to make this long story a little shorter than it already, than it should be, we prayed about it. Jeff and I both prayed about it. God, if you want us to have this house, you're going to have to make it happen. And things came up. It took us probably a good four or five months to really get this house solidified. And at the very last moment, the realtor called. I'm sorry, the bank called and said, we can't, we can't do this. There's something that was held in my credit report that shouldn't have been there, and we just couldn't get it off. And because of COVID, nobody was answering their phones and this and that. That was on a Friday. And they called and said, it's not going to happen. Okay. I said, we agreed that if God said, you know, if you're going to get this house, you're going to get this house. And I had all other opportunities to make this house work, but this is what Jeff and I agreed on. That was on Friday. I did not call the realtor. I didn't call anybody. I just said, we're not getting the house, Jeff. Apparently, it wasn't God's, God's will. Well, on Monday, the, the bank called back and said, hey, we got it off of there. You close next Friday. <laughs> that was definitely a God moment. I was ecstatic. 
But that was the time, I think, that I really went to the Lord and said, this is going to have to be because of you. And the other part of this story is, after we got moved in, people came to me and said, I wanted that house. I wanted to put a bid on that house. I wanted to get that house for my son and daughter. But it didn't happen for them. It happened for us. Because we were obedient. As a husband and a wife, my husband and I both went to the Lord and we listened to what he told us to do. I'm encouraging you to go to the Lord. Encourage your husband. If you guys are unequally yoked, you need to pray about that. Because it's hard to keep a marriage together when you're unequally yoked. So I'm encouraging you to go to the Lord. Seek him in all that you do. Even when it feels like, oh, I don't really need to, do it anyway. Listen for his voice and watch the blessings flow. Thank you for joining me. Have a blessed day.